Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues had a spectacular weekend led by commentator extraordinaire John Hamm. I know I talked about it a little bit on the solo, but we're going to continue to talk about that game, uh, that four goal outburst, because it was just so much fun. We didn't, I didn't do it justice yesterday. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the playoff picture for the whole NHL as it is all beginning to kind of come to fruition. Two games left for the Blues, three games left for some other teams. It's, it's right around the corner. So we're going to be talking about that. And then at the end, we're going to be talking about tonight's game between the St. Louis Blues and Colorado Avalanche. Late game, uh, 9.30 Eastern. 8.30 Central. Big game. Couple players aren't playing for Colorado, though, so should still be a fun one regardless. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast for the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman, and as always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Thomas Welch. Tommy, how's it going? How are we? Not bad, Josh. Not bad. I had a pretty good weekend. Uh, feeling pretty good. The weather's been nice lately. I think it's supposed to get near the 30s uh, coming up here, so, you know, gotta love Missouri, but uh, it's getting closer and closer to spring. The sun's been out a lot more, so that's great. Uh, and, you know, just feeling the vibes. It's near the 30s? Yeah. I think so. Something like that. It's supposed to get cold again this weekend, which is not great. But these last couple of weekends we're talking, have been... We're talking, talking 30 degrees Fahrenheit? I don't know. I don't quote me on that. I, that might be wow. somewhere around there, It's going to be a little... It's going to feel 30. Boy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, if if you if you guys wear a, a jacket this weekend and you, you're you're too warm, just blame Tommy because he, he is misinforming you about the weather. Anyways, um, got a lot to talk about today. Uh, I want to thank anyone and everyone out there for making Locked On Blues your first listen because we are free and available on all podcast platforms, making us part of your daily routine. And I mean, heck, after the weekend the the Blues had, better be your first listen. We got so much to talk about. Um, I talked about both the games yesterday on my solo episode, so don't need to go too much in depth. But again, I do want to talk about the four goal explosion the St. Louis Blues had against Anaheim with John Hamm in the booth um, because first of all, it's a fun story. Uh, and second of all, I feel like that seven minutes of, of of hockey is what makes the Blues so incredibly dangerous to play against and what is going to make them an absolute nightmare in the playoffs because any team that can score four goals in seven and a half minutes is a, is a, is something to be to be scared about if you're on the other end. So, I mean, first of all, we just talk about how fun was it, Tommy, to, to listen to John Hamm and, and, and John Kelly just just laughing and, and almost like acting like they're watching the game on their couch at home um, during those goals. Oh, it sounded like from from the booth's reaction. I thought Panger's face was going to end up turning purple. He was laughing so hard every time uh, the puck went in the net and John Ham's just up there uh, casually calling the game. But yeah, dude, I think um, I think the majority of the NHL is great in what they do and advertising and all that stuff. But I think in terms of uh, celebrity and the way that um, like you have notable celebrities in pop culture and all those things get behind teams. Uh, it's not it's not very common in the NHL as much as it is like the NFL or the NBA. You've got guys yeah sitting right on the sidelines. Um, so for the Blues to have a guy like that in John Hamm who can basically spearhead the fan base by being like, oh yeah, I watched that guy in movies, I watched that guy on TV, and now I see him on my TV again rooting for the same team that I do like. 
that is something that absolutely propels fan bases, and I think that's huge for the NHL as a whole, but uh, especially the St. Louis Blues. Plus, he's just awesome. He's got a sick nickname, The Hammer. Uh, I don't know if that's referring to his last name or something else, but the dude is just absolutely as fun as they come. And watching him have fun up there uh, with Panger and John Kelly, two of the best in the biz uh, in the booth, it's just it's just an electric atmosphere, and I, 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 we are spoiled as Blues fans to have him. I didn't know that that was that was a, a definitive nickname, but from from what I've heard on the rumor mill, it might just be a coincidence that that's also his last name. Um, anyways, <laughs> segueing from that somehow, um, John Ham aside, um, or the Hammer aside, as I should say. Uh, the Blues also scored four goals in seven and a half minutes on a night where there was a lot of emotional hockey being played by the Anaheim Ducks. You know, uh, they're not a playoff team, but they're playing with a ton of emotion. Um, retirement night for, for Getzlaff. Um, last home game, he spent 15 seasons there, tons of records. Ducks were playing with a lot of emotion and they showed it. They scored on their first two shots of the game. Um, not only did the St. Louis Blues not get discouraged giving up two goals in their first two shots against, even though they dominated the period. They had one of, I mean, it's amazing that that uh, whole experience is only the second best second period offensive performance the Blues have had um, in the past few games. But once again, proved that you blink and all of a sudden they got a crooked number up on the board. They scored four goals in seven and a half minutes. Tell me, what the heck is it going to take to beat the St. Louis Blues in the playoffs if they're capable of doing that? Well, it's going to take a lot, Josh, and I think that's kind of uh, when the Blues have played their best hockey this season, it's been because of that, and when the Blues have played their worst hockey this season, it's been been because of the same reason, and that is the Blues never feel like they're out of game, so they can be down by four goals and have no panic. Meanwhile, we're all sweating, watching, wondering why they won't shoot the puck and they keep passing around the perimeter, but it's because they feel like they, at any time, at any point in any game, regardless of who they're playing, uh, can score four, five, six goals in the matter of three minutes, and um, that is a lethal mentality to have with the offense that they have and uh, and the names that they have on this roster. Uh, but it's also can be counterproductive if they end up not scoring and always feeling like they're in a comfortable position. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a best of both worlds and a negative kind of scope. But I think for the Blues, with the way that they're playing right now, with the veterans that they have on this team, uh, all of them know what it takes to be successful through the playoffs and have that playoff mentality. Uh, I think we're going to see a more positive version of it uh, for the long run the end of this season and the end of the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, playoffs are right around the corner this time, almost like next week, I think we'll be having some, some playoff episodes. Um, so it's right around the corner. And it's like I mentioned earlier, it's time to start talking about it, you know, because a couple matchups are set in stone. Obviously the blues are playing the wild. I think the Oilers are definitely playing the, the Kings. Um, these matchups got me losing my mind. Dude. Oh my god! To get into we'll get into it. it. Uh, we're going to talk about the East a lot as well because the East right now is like the best conference the NHL has seen in maybe ever. Every single playoff team is over a hundred points. Um, they got so many wagons; they look like the Oregon Trail. I think one thing they did on the Oregon Trail is eat food. However, they didn't have the convenience of meal plans such as HelloFresh. But luckily for us, we're not on the Oregon Trail, and we can have food delivered right to our door with HelloFresh. I'm a, I'm a college student. You know, it's hard for me to fit meals in. I'm always, like, stopping at McDonald's on my way home or whatever. 
I, I don't I don't have time to cook. I don't have time to go to the grocery store. HelloFresh has made things so easy. Um, I love the convenience of meal kits. Uh, they send you all the ingredients pre 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 portioned. All you gotta do is like cut them, cook them up. It takes like 15, 30 minutes, and they're delicious, which is like the best part. Um, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use code LockedOn16. You'll get up to 16 free ma- meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 uh, and using code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. You can pick for your favorites from up to 50 different weekly options. You can skip weeks when you need to change your delivery date or update your preferences all on the HelloFresh app. Again, one more time, that's HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16. That's code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals plus three free gifts. It's um, Make sure you check out HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, and we'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So before that, um, that uh, Oregon Trail knee slapper, we were talking about <laughs> we were talking about the the playoffs uh, and the fact that it is looking like it is going to be an absolute thunderdome anywhere you look. We're looking at first round matchup matchups such as the Minnesota Wild versus the St. Louis Blues, bloodbath. Colorado Avalanche versus the Dallas Stars, low key might be pretty tough. The Edmonton Oilers and LA Kings, gonna be a tough series. And then you get to the East, and here's where things get real crazy. You got the Florida Panthers taking on the Washington Capitals, the Carolina Hurricanes taking on the Boston Bruins, the Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round, and the New York Rangers taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Those are all first round series. I think any one of those series could very easily be a conference finals on both ends. The East and the West this year, they're both very top-heavy. Both have some really, really good teams at the top of each conference. It's going to be a gonna be a fun playoff. Besides maybe Blues Wild, what are some, some series that kind of jump out and intrigue you? Because I've got a couple that I think are going to be really fun. Well, I was actually going to bring up an interesting uh, stat that I saw on the Twitter.com about mm. Blues Wild. Elon Musk's like- very own Twitter.com. Yeah, but it was um, the Blues and the Wild combined since the trade deadline – if I remember correctly, uh, their record is like 33 and 5. Yeah, since the trade deadline, 33 and 5, the Wild and the Blues combined. So, um, you're talking about that being a first round matchup. That absolutely looks like a third round matchup That's in scary. my eyes. It's just ridiculous, dude. Like, some of these match, and like the Leafs versus the Lightning in, in round, round one. one is just unfair. I think. Like it's it's such a treat for us as hockey fans to be able to watch that and watch like playoff hockey between two like absolutely stellar teams, right? And I think with the way that the playoff system is formatted right now, it's cool that we have so many games in the first round that are electric and are exciting because I feel like in other um in other sports leagues like sometimes you're like, "Oh, well this team's going to get absolutely mopped." Mm-hmm. Um and it usually happens, but I don't know. I, I might be beneficial to the league to expand it a little bit so that there is Ooh. a little bit more like build up so that these teams like the Leafs little, and the Lightning and the Blues tournament? and the Wild, yeah, they don't have to play each other in the first round. And then by the time they do reach each other in the second or the third round, um, then the hype has been built up even more and the emotions have been built up even more. So it's an even more electric atmosphere. 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like as time goes on, we could, we're going to get to the year 3022 and we're still going to be talking about playoff formats for the NHL. But Josh, what's your take on that whole thing? I mean, in terms of playoff formats, I think it's just simple. You should, shouldn't have never gone away from the whole one through eight thing. Um, but regardless, I mean, I mentioned this, but you know, before the break, the Eastern Conference has eight teams, eight, which are, you know, all their playoff teams, eight teams that are over 100 points. Typically, when you finish a season with over 100 points in the NHL, you're considered a contender or pretty dang close to it. Um, lose, you know, don't even do it every year. Uh, so, like, the fact that there's eight teams, every single team in the Eastern Conference is, could, you could, you could argue as a contender. I bet every single fan base of an Eastern Conference playoff team has a belief that they could make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. You know, obviously, you know, you could say every fan base does, but like, I don't know, and they're honest take. I, I guarantee you're listening to the other, if you listen to any of those locked on whatever shows, I bet they're talking about their team as a contender. And that's going to make for spectacular hockey, but what that's also going to do is make whatever team of, comes out of the East, they're going to be freaking exhausted. There's no way they're playing less than like 20 games. There's no way they're getting out of there with, with less than like seven games in every single series. So, I mean, yeah, that could t- technically do well for the Blues if they make it out of the West, but more so it's just like, uh, it's going to be such a, a testament coming out of the East. I would, I'm would, i very intrigued to see what that potential Stanley Cup final matchup looks like just because of how hard of a path any team is going to have to go through with the wagons that are in the NHL this year, even in the West, you know, Calgary, Colorado, St. Louis, Minnesota. If a team is going to make it to the final, they're going to have to beat, you know, at least two of those teams. And in the East, if you're going to make it to the final, you got to beat three teams that have more than 100 points in the regular season. It, it's going to be a bloodbath, and I cannot wait to watch it. That's Okay, so that kind of goes into a question that just popped in my head. So let's say your team in the East. Your team in the East. So you're the Hurricanes, Bruins, any of those guys, all those powerhouses that we talked about, right? And you come out of it, you come out of the gauntlet, and you're the team above everybody else, and you're going to the Stanley Cup Finals, who would you hate the most to see on the other side come out of the West? Because I don't think it's the Avs. I really don't. In terms of a matchup, I feel like the Avalanche play the most similar style to an Eastern Conference team than anybody in mm. else in the Western I Conference. Mean- I haven't, I feel like I haven't watched enough of like. Except maybe the Oilers? I was going to say, I feel like I haven't really watched enough of like Calgary or Minnesota to, to, to really determine like what their matchup would be like. But like, I feel like the Blues could, could put up a, a, a real tough, tough, uh, time for some Eastern Conference teams because it's like. Flames and Blues. Yeah. Because the Blues still play with that edge that made them so successful in 2019. Um, it's not obviously quite there, like where it was. They're not just gonna gonna beat the crap out of you on their way to a Stanley Cup like they did in 2019. Uh, but that's an anomaly, you know. We haven't really seen that. Um, we haven't really seen that since like 2011 when the Bruins did it. Um, is you know, it's speed and skill, not necessarily speed, but it's skill and it's defense and it's you know consistency. Um, and the Blues still have that. They still have that edge. They still have that grit that makes a good team, you know, that, that determinedness, that will to win no matter what. Oh yeah. And they could put six goals on your head on any given night. Like Blues are a really frustrating team to play against 
right now for any other team in the NHL. And I feel like coming out of, uh, you know, I would assume that you're going to go to seven games at least twice if you're making it out of the East. Um, you're not, you're not having an easy time in any of those series. You've, you've probably played between 15 and 21 games up until that point. Um, I, you know, you're, you're beaten and you're battered. And all of a sudden you're matching up against this Blues team that you, you know is just gigantic. It's gonna punch you in the mouth. Gigantic. Every player you're lined up against is as tall or taller than you. Heaviest team, you know, pound for pound in the NHL. Um, ridiculous on special teams. Hasn't allowed a penalty kill goal in the month of April, I think. Something like that. 16 game point streak right as the playoffs get going. Two goalies that can take it to you on any given night. Oh yeah. And an offense that can score four goals in seven and a half minutes and seven goals in a period and eight different 20 goal scorers and four different point per game players. And like the list goes on and on and on. Not just Eastern Conference teams. Any team should be looking at the St. Louis Blues right now and, 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 you know, getting a little worried about a seven game series. I love that comparison you made between the 2019 team and the emphasis on the edge that you were talking about that they played with. Because I think that it is, not only is it similar to the 2019 team's edge, but I think it's identical. And a reason for that is because obviously there's a lot of players that are still here that were on that 2019 team. Uh, but Craig Berube is instilling that in his players as well. Um, but it's not it's not a defensive style of edge because the Blues don't, they don't weigh heavily on their defense anymore. They've shifted to weighing on their offense. So it's more like their offense and their forwards. And um, when their opponent is the defensive zone, that's more so when we see that edge. Or even through the neutral zone, like those open ice hits from Buchnevich and Barbashev and those guys just throwing the body. Like, Sure, you could categorize that as a defensive play, but I don't think it's uh, the defense spearheading that edge as much as it was in 2019. I think it's the offense, and I think uh, this team is going to go as far as that offense takes. Them. I got a, I got a, I got a good, good analogy in my head, or a good, good way to describe it. I think to to kind of sum it up, the 2019 St. Louis Blues had an edge that would frustrate you as an opponent. You know, they'd win games two one. You you get you get knocked around, and then and then you couldn't score. The 2022 St. Louis Blues have an edge that'll overwhelm you. They're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna be sitting there shaking your head like, damn, I can't believe I can't get past Jordan Bennington or Billy Huso. You know, you're gonna have a little bit of an easier time scoring on this team. But you, you blink your eyes, you take a shift off, and you got three pucks in the back of your net. You know, you work your tail off. Huso makes a couple big saves. Bennington makes a couple big saves. Blues are coming down the other end. Have fun. It's in your zone for the next four minutes and most likely ending with a, uh, either a power play for the Blues or a puck in the back of your net. If not both. Like, overwhelming i feel like is the, is the best way to describe the way that the blues are playing like you can you can only weather the storm for so long you know against the way that the blues are playing right now and tonight against colorado is going to be a huge test it's the probably the best team that they've played since they've been on this point streak although colorado's been pretty poor lately they've had their worst stretch of the season i think you said they've lost four in a row so um that being said though colorado's definitely a team that's going to be hungry to to rebound and, and they know that the st louis blues are a potential second round matchup uh they know that you know the blues are one of four teams that are probably the the top dogs in the west um it's gonna be a it's gonna be a grudge match and just as much as the the blues wild games from a week or so ago were a playoff uh playoff preview this could very well be a playoff preview if both the blues and the avs make it to round two so 
Big game tonight, lots of storylines. We'll be getting into that in the final segment of today's episode, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But before we get into that, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Rock Auto. Now, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models for your car, it's now nearly impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you want to endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry, so you're getting overcharged. When you have access to computer or access to rockauto.com on your computer at home and in your pocket on your smartphone, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend up to 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? You can go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. We'll be right back to wrap up this episode. All right, Tommy. So, uh, I mean, we've spent a lot of time talking about keys to the game, all that sort of thing. I don't think that there's anything that we've said this past week, this past stretch, whatever, that we're not going to say exactly verbatim tonight against the Colorado Avalanche. Um all the stuff that we've talked about what makes the Blues successful in the last segment is what they need to bring tonight against the Colorado Avalanche. So rather than just looking at this game in a vacuum and saying, oh, what do the Blues need to do tonight? Blues are essentially should be in playoff form. So what do you need to see out of the Blues tonight to kind of give you that confirmation of, okay, the playoffs could start tomorrow and this team would be ready to go? Okay, so here's... <clears throat> There's something that's... It's kind of baffling me a little bit, right? On paper, I feel like when we talk about Western Conference teams versus Eastern Conference teams, and most of the time when we talk about the St. Louis Blues versus the Colorado Avalanche, it's going to be the Blues are physical, and that's what they're going to need to be to win, whereas the Avs aren't as physical, but they have more speed and they have more skill. So if you get into a speed and skill match, that's when you run into trouble. My... A rebuttal to that would be I feel like the Blues are so deep with their offense and they rely so heavily on their offense that not necessarily that we should get into a sprint match or a sprint with the Avalanche, but if they rely on their depth scoring, because I feel like the Blues tried to get physical with, I mean, specifically McKinnon, but the majority of the Avs uh, in the playoff series last go around and they still end up getting swept and they didn't really... Um, Maybe they didn't do a good enough job at being physical, but it, it really didn't look like it was phasing the Avalanche at all. And obviously this is a very different team than that, and Pavel Buchnevich is a pretty physical guy that can bring a lot to that aspect, and Barbashev's having a career year, all those things. But I think the Blues can be successful if they are physical against the Avs and uh, they do it well and buy in 100% to it. Uh, but I also believe that if they rely on their depth scoring and kind of like tread the water on the on the top two lines, that that could be an area to exploit as well. So I I definitely feel like the narrative has changed um, from typical Blues Avs matches uh, matches. Wow, that was weird. I was just matchups. Match yeah, there we go. There, you go. there we go. Um, and like I I think that is I mean you kind of said it, but like it is that has almost nothing to do with the Avs and everything to do with the blues and that's because in 2019 the blues had one way they could beat you but they were just really damn good at it this this blues team is a little different you know they're 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 a bit of more of a swiss army knife is 
when they need to bring that physicality and that defense, they'll beat you with they'll beat you with their with their their size and their physicality. Um, but also, like we've been saying for weeks now, blink and this team puts three goals on you. They're not just going to beat you with their physicality anymore. They can beat you in other ways. You know, they can play physical for two out of the three periods and then come out in their second periods. Like they've been, first of all, we haven't really talked about that a whole lot. The second periods of the St. Louis Blues lately have been otherworldly. I think the goal differential is like plus 38 or something like that, or maybe even higher after uh, Sunday's game and Saturday's game. But like the way that this Blues team has played in the second period, they've they've only needed that 20 minutes to beat teams lately. And they've just been spending the other two periods frustrating teams just treading water in the best way possible of just kind of waiting because they know that they're going to unleash on teams in that second period. And that's just, again, maybe that's just a matter of them flipping a switch and saying, all right, let's, let's, let's hold back on the physicality a little bit. Let's, let's get some offense going. And then they get their four goals, six goals, seven goals, whatever. And then they kind of shift back and focus on that defense again. It's like, you can't, you can never get comfortable against the St. Louis blues. And, um, the Blues are the biggest problem of getting comfortable against teams early in the season with that whole arrogance discussion that we talked about. And I think that's something that every team deals with a little bit. Uh, but getting comfortable against the St. Louis Blues means you got four goals scored on you in seven minutes, like we saw on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, tonight's matchup, I mean, I'm just looking for more of the same. Um, that being said, getting into locked on players of the game. Hmm. Okay, first of all, we need to talk about this. Did you see JTAP's tweet of how close the locked on player of the game race is? Off by one. Right? Off by one. So shout out JTAP. That's crazy. Um, been one of our OG listeners ever Keeping since. Ever since we did YouTube. And um, for those of you that don't know, somehow if this is your first episode, uh, whenever we got a game coming up, we do locked on players of the game. Tommy and I will each pick a player, or sometimes I'll pick the whole team um, <laughs> to be our locked on player of the game. And uh, our, our loyal listener JTAP has been logging all of our picks for the past four months three months something crazy like that um and and assigning a winner to each game you know whoever whoever's player does better gets a point according to jtap with two games left in the regular season tommy and i are within one point of one another we have each been right pretty much an identical amount of time so tommy this is the biggest locked on player of the game pick of your career tonight you might be up one you might be down one you can either tie it or give yourself a two-point lead, or give me a two-point lead. This is this is big stuff, and I'm even gonna do you the, the honor of letting you go first. Okay, so I'm sweating because I feel like for some reason I feel like in the back of my mind that yeah, this one point could be huge in the long term. But then, then again, we only have two games left. Then again, if you season. if you take someone like like Robert Thomas, and you you look like a fool because it's like, well, of course you pick Robert Thomas. Anyways, I'm just I'm I'm getting in your head. I'll let you. No, I know. I that's why I'm like I don't want to take Robert Thomas or Tarasenko just because they're on fire mm. and like on point streaks and stuff. Like it's too that's too, too easy. easy. I don't roll like that. And I've got we've gotten to a fifty fifty point, and I've been still taking dark horses. And I'm still gonna ride the high off my uh, Logan Brown pick because that was a banger. We nailed DK that. That was that was a, that was a collab. We 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 both came that together was awesome. on that one. It was good. That was sick. So I'm here's what I'm gonna say. And I don't know, we haven't talked about this in a little bit, but I think we should bring it up that I think for the Blues to be successful throughout the playoffs, they're going to have to rely on their offense. For the Blues to make it to the Stanley Cup, they're going to have to rely on their depth scoring. And what that means is this team 100% 
absolutely, undoubtedly needs Jordan Cairo back to where he was at the beginning of this season. He's not looked great lately. The turnovers have been rough. He's been shying away from physicality, so I'm not going to come out here and say that the guy's playing hurt, but it would not surprise me if at the end of the season we, he comes out and says, yeah, I had like a fractured wrist and was playing with it, you know? Like, he just doesn't look like the same player we saw at the beginning of the season. And I think it's far enough off that there's cause to be concerned for his health as opposed to his development because we know what he's capable of, right? So that being said... I think against a team like the Colorado Avalanche where depth scoring is going to come into play and be focused on so much and spotlighted, I think that third line is going to be crucial for the St. Louis Blues. And so I'm going to take Jordan Cairo as my locked on player. Yeah, real, real dark horse there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, he's been on a tear lately. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm glad you picked someone at least a little relevant because that would have thrown off my pick if you picked like Nathan Walker. I would have to, I would have had to scramble. Um, no, I, I agree. I think Kyrie's a great pick. He was one of, if not our most dynamic player for the first half of the season. And his return to form would be, would be, you know, would probably put the blues over the top. Um, my pick is similar vein, kind of in terms of someone who, who has had a good season, but, you know, hasn't gotten as much of the talk. Um, and that is a guy that we have picked more than any other player. When it comes to our pick for locked on player of the game. So you could argue that it's it's not so much of a dark horse. But I don't think we've said his name on an episode in two weeks. Just because he's a guy that goes out there. He does his thing. And doesn't get as maybe as much credit as he deserves. And that is David Perron. David Perron has been consistently one of the leading scorers of this team over the last three weeks. It just so happens that he's been overshadowed by Robert Thomas, Pavel Buchnevich, and Vladimir Tarasenko. Right behind them has been David Perron. You know, he slowed down a little bit. He had that torrid stretch a few weeks ago. Um, but, you know, Mr. Mister Reliable, David Perron, just hasn't had his name thrown around all that much lately because he's been just that, Mr. Reliable. We talk about the ebbs and flows. Guys like Robert Thomas coming out of nowhere to be a torrid point scorer. Guys like, guys like Jordan Cairo going a little quiet, not scoring as much. Who's the one guy who hasn't really ebbed or flowed much this season? David Perron. Started out a little rocky, obviously coming back from injury, but once he got in his groove... You know, three months ago, he's been there ever since. So, yeah, David Perron, he's a guy that you can rely on every single night. And in a game like this against the Colorado Avalanche division rival, huge, you know, terrifying top of the West team, David Perron will show up. I know David Perron will show up. And not to like, you know, Jordan Cairo might not show up every single night. So, yeah, Jordan Cairo is a very good chance of going out there putting up five points. That's what he can do on any given night. But bet you David Perron gets one. At least, because he's he has in a lot of games lately. So, I'm excited too because I feel like I feel like leadership is it plays such a big role on this team, and one of the the biggest leaders on this team, obviously besides Ryan O'Reilly, I feel like the guy second in line to him is Braden Shen, and obviously Braden Shen's not going to be in the lineup tonight. So. I, I think the next time that he'll see the Colorado Avalanche, if he does, if the Blues do make it that far, would be in the playoffs. So I'm excited if the Blues do match up against them in the playoffs to see how Braden Jen comes out because I feel like he's going to just play like a bat out of hell. Because you know, like in the back of these guys' minds, especially like the Blues, but especially the leaders on the Blues uh, who are getting up there in the years and are thinking about how much time they have left uh, to be able to compete for a Stanley Cup. Robert Thomas, obviously, like, the dude's a stud. I'm sure he wants to win again, like but uh, like, he's got a long career ahead of him, yeah. So I 
Braden Shen, David Perron, Tarasenko, all those guys, like, you know in the back of their mind, they're like, these guys swept us last time and embarrassed us, and I think they're going to come out game one just guns ablaze and bats out of hell, and I'm I'm so excited for that matchup if it when it comes. I think we're going to see some of that tonight, though, for sure. Um, this team is playing so confidently lately, and dude, can you imagine the narrative if not only does Colorado like continue their their poor stretch of play, they lose five straight tonight? Imagine if the Blues put up like six goals on them. Imagine, dude. Imagine. Uh, that being said. When the Blues lose 25 to nothing because we just try to speak that into existence and you want to make fun of us or hear, hear what we have to say about it tomorrow, only place you can do that is on the Locked On Blues podcast. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked On Blues. Leave us a comment about how dumb that prediction was or how smart it was when the Blues win 7-1 tonight. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, just leave us a comment. We'll We'll read them either way, even if they're making fun of us. Uh, subscribe to us there. Hit that notification bell. That way, whenever we post a new video, you guys will be the first to know. Uh, follow us on all of our social media accounts, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hammond NHL. Follow Tommy at TWelcher15. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.